whenever you would like to begin. I have, I have already begun, Tim. Have you begun? I have. We've only just begun. There's a song in there somewhere. I that's what I hear. <laughs> uh, it's, I, I miss I miss not sitting next to you. It was so nice having you it here. It was. It was so great to be there. Um, and the weird thing is, is that like I am here right now, uh, back in in Texas, <laughs> and and uh, and uh, next month I'm going to St. Louis. So yeah. like it's you know it's crazy because it's like three you know it's been like five months since I've been able to do anything and now now in two months it's like I'm going on world travels, <laughs> you know. And everybody here is like super, super happy that I'm going to be like traveling all over. My mother and my kids are all like, I cannot believe. Well, when I let, went to Kansas, Kansas City last weekend, the kids were like, I cannot believe you were going without us. <laughs> I was like, it's not that I'm going without you. I'm going to a wedding that you were not invited to. And it's like, you know, I'm going to be there for one day. Yeah. And And they were like, so we could stay with my friends. I was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> and so that was, you know, and then when I told my mom, like, or this week, like, I got my tickets for, for St. Louis. I'm going, here are the dates I'm going. She was like, leaving again, are we? And I was like, <laughs> I, I, I never leave this house. I am literally in this house all the time. In fact, I've gotten to the point where the one friend that I do have here in in, in Texas I invite over to my house so I don't have to leave. And it's just, you know. <sighs> but, you know, let's talk. Uh, let's not talk about me and my inability to find anyone to make friends with. Let's talk about Alpha and her ability to find people to make friends with. Yeah. Shall so, we? first of all, let me just say. <laughs> that this episode was completely unnecessary. Oh, it was Filler McFillerson. There was exactly zero need in my in my life, in my mind or in my soul, <laughs> to know how Alpha and Beta met. Right. I just didn't. I. I. I it didn't matter. And but I know now, and I feel um, strangely unmoved. I think is the word words I'm going to go with. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I still don't need to know. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's really interesting. I, the only thing that I kind of got out of it were well, were two things. One, uh, I really liked what they did with Beta's face. Mm-hmm. That's number one, and um, I did find it slightly interesting to discover that Alpha did, in fact, miss her daughter. Well, it, it establishes it establishes that that despite the fact this is clearly a crazy person, mm-hmm. um, and and I, you know I, this is always something I, I I feel compelled to bring up is that in fiction, mental illness is generally portrayed as being something that, you know, uh, leads to villainy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is a difference between someone who's mentally ill and someone who has snapped. Right. And it's a different, I mean, it's, it, it's mental, mental illness as well, but we're not talking about somebody who's struggling with depression or schizophrenia 
or the, the various ways our minds can betray us. This is someone who is disconnected from reality on a certain level mm-hmm. um, and consequently is a danger, not to herself, as most mental people with mental illness are actually, you know, they have, they're more dangerous to themselves than anyone else. Right. Uh, this is someone who's clearly dangerous to other people around her. She's more like the madness that you get from a cult leader. Right. Because she's a cult and, leader. And it's it's one of those things that I, I felt like as I was watching it, I did think like, uh, I wonder, like, there's a good chance that if Alpha had never, if this had never happened, she would have just been, you know, kind of a ball-busting wife and mother who was, you know, basically disassociated from her family. Or, I mean, there's also the possibility that she would have drowned her kid in the bathtub. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of those, like, I, you know, there's a good chance that this would have come up upon her anyway. Right, you know? although in, in the pre-zombie world, she might have actually gotten help. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and then of course you know my theory that that uh, this world exacerbates the existing mental illnesses that we all already like because none of us are are like I have never met anyone who didn't have some sort of like twinge of something, right? You okay. know, like I, you know, like we joke about how obsessive compulsive I am because you know I do weird you know stuff like iron my money and you know, and that sort of thing. And like, he does, by the way, folks, he do, really, do, he really does money. I've seen him do it. And, and, you know, and like, I, I like, I watch these, these videos, these antique rest, uh, restoration videos, almost like they're pornography, you know, because yeah. they're, they're just so like, Oh, look how dirty it is. Oh, look how clean it is now. <laughs> and it really like, like, is something that is very soothing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, right. My my theory of the like you know who knows who Eugene was before all this happened and made him into who he was. He could have been just slightly sciency and a little you know antisocial, but was completely you know turned. You know, I think that everybody in the show has has had their mental illness exacerbated by by the situation they find themselves in oh yeah Every well, character. and i think that certainly somebody like alpha and some of the other characters where the the villains are the villains of the walking dead are clearly crazy mm-hmm. um there's it's the difference between someone who is mentally ill and someone who is criminally insane right and these just have to be very charismatic individuals, which in, you know, historically we've had these people who have risen to positions of authority and positions of power, not saying that's happening right now at this very moment in this country or anything, mm, no. not saying that. Um, heaven forbid. Right. Heaven forbid. Exactly. Uh, but certainly it does happen. And so it's not unrealistic to have, you know, people who are disconnected from reality but are incredibly charismatic who can surround themselves with people who are not dealing with something well. And clearly, and we've talked about this before, the idea that there are people who would think that what the whispers, the whispers mindset is attractive is that somehow you'd end up with enough people to basically have this mob. 
right. of people who are just like, yeah, that sounds good to me. Well, cover myself in dead skins. <laughs> we saw a little bit of the fact that maybe Alpha's hold on these people isn't as strong as it appears this week as well. We got a little bit of that the last time we had an, uh, an alpha centric episode where there was that couple that was trying to like, like uh, usurp her or whatever. Right. And she yeah. killed them both. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in this episode, um, aside from the flashbacks of our, of alpha and beta meeting uh, when Lydia is just a little girl, uh, we also, the story that we follow in present time is uh, Alpha deciding to return to to the camp closest to the border uh, and these two sisters who she is watching. Right. And uh, it turns out that one of the sisters is the woman who Alpha uh, ordered to leave her baby at the at the at hilltop right when she was uh trying to like intimidate hilltop and uh she's having a really hard time dealing with that that woman is which is a perfectly human reaction right giving up your child at the directions of someone who is mad is mad yes and uh and so her sister keeps trying to tell her like have to forget it you have to forget it don't you know mess up our place here and she even at one point says i wish that i had never brought you and wish it didn't save you when i had the chance to leave you behind and uh and you know so they have she's basically having this mental breakdown and uh alpha takes her after there's a, a situation where she you know almost gets killed by walkers alpha takes the mother into her inner sanctum and basically like like comforts her whatever and tries to explain you know tells her we don't see any of this on camera but apparently alpha tells her like you know there's nothing worse than losing your child and when you know i my daughter died in the same thing and you know you just have to you only have to find a way to move on and blah, 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 blah. Uh, well that works for like a hot minute <laughs> And then the next, the very next time they're in with walkers, there's a walker that has a a baby Bjorn attached Mm -hmm. to her front. And that sends the mother into a complete tailspin. And she tries to kill Alpha. And she gets eaten by walkers. But her sister actually ends up saving Alpha. And that ends up with her being, like, promoted, given a name, which is Gamma. And while you cannot tell from the looks of her, because I do, I mean, I heard that she was getting cast in the part of Gamma. And then when I saw this episode, I had to be like, are we sure? That's Thora Birch who's playing Gamma. Is it really? It really is. It's Thora Birch. Who, um, if you will remember, was in American Beauty and Ghost World and... Uh, right. And all sorts of, you know, kind of an indie darling. But she kind of got out of the business for a little while. And uh, it's nice to... Well, it's 
it's nice to have her on my screen if not to see her face because you don't ever see her face because she's covered in walker mask the entire time yeah and and when you consider they've actually um they've actually done a really good job of bringing in some very very talented actors this season for well last season and this season well actually okay overall i mean the walking dead did a really pretty good job of casting mm-hmm. um and and bringing in you know people that are you know might be known for for all the fact that you know we really hated negan to begin with there's no question that jeffrey dean morgan is a really fine actor oh yeah uh and and you're supposed to hate negan and he's yeah. more interesting he's very interesting now etc cetera, et cetera. a lot of that's Jeffrey Dean Morgan's talent or Andrew Lincoln, you know, if you, if you only knew him from say love actually, you know, the, which a lot of audience, American audiences, that was kind of their exposure to Andrew Lincoln. Right. You know, or, uh, you know, dealing with, uh, Danae Guerra, who is, you know, was primarily known as a stage actor and, mm-hmm. a, and a playwright. Right. Um, so, I mean, you know, um, and then you have, you know, these, uh, you know, Samantha Morton, who I think the, uh, God, I can't, some, she was in some bad movie with Gabriel Byrne a million years ago where Gabriel Byrne was the devil. Um, it was, I think it was probably one of my first times I really recognized who Samantha Morton was. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's a very fine actress. Uh, and for however you feel about, however, you know, and I think that, you know, there's, there's some issues with Alpha as a character. Um, it's not anywhere near because of her performance. No, I would not. I, you know, it didn't even register that there might be anybody other than, you know, this person who was playing Gamma, who is not, you know, Thora Birch. (laughs) Yeah, didn't even register. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting. Like when you cast somebody who, who, who was a name at some point, I mean, her, her level of fame at this time is some is debatable and we're not going to get into that because i feel like that borders on insulting but you know who is now like going to be cast as a character who's going to be wearing a zombie mask the entire time well and we have had you know certainly you know alpha has taken off her mask several times we see flashbacks and um you know certainly we we do get folks taking out their mask so i think at some point we'll probably mm-hmm. will get to see her but right well, she her face appeared a little bit in this episode, yeah. just enough for me to just like for you know in shadow basically like us they were lying in bed and you know or on the ground about to go to sleep and you know it was like you know five seconds of Thor Birch's face. Um. So anyway, another thing is that another person comes up after the mother has had this breakdown in front of everyone comes up to her and says those people have your baby and he's much safer now than he was when he was with us and that whole place looks safe maybe we can we don't have to live like this anymore maybe we can get away from here and uh gamma she's not named gamma yet but she will be named gamma by the end of the episode basically like pulls the mother away and you know from these people so there are other people in this encampment who maybe Alpha doesn't have such a big hold on. Well, um, and you know, you would think that they're as much as as much as I don't know if you can really make a compelling. Well, you can probably make a compelling story, but you're pulling away from the main action of the of the rest mm-hmm. of the cast by actually delving into the fact that you know this. There's no real way that this 
little world that Alpha has built can work. Right. Uh, and the fact that it's worked for any length of time is, you know, um, a little bit hand of the writer. You just have to accept that that's the way it is. Yeah. Especially for even the, like, we're supposed to, if the suggestion is it's supposed to have been the entire seven years of the apocalypse, it just yeah. does not make sense. Well, and you have to think that, that there would be a fairly high turnover rate mm-hmm. uh, of followers. And, you know, the idea that some, we still come back to the idea that this really relatively small number of people can manipulate and control that many groups of walkers mm-hmm. uh, into a, you know, this, this dangerous, uh, what the atomic bomb that the, the cast, is, uh, the, the other are, are main well, characters. That's are another thing that I thought was interesting because it appears that they've lost their atomic bomb. They seem to be out trying to gather up more walkers too. Yeah. And that was a lot of, that's a lot of zombies to mislay. I mean, you know, that's... I that's, didn't check behind the couch. I noticed that. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, and, and of course, um, the majority of the episode, well, I guess it's about half and half, mm-hmm. you know, is that flashback. Right, which uh, we haven't even talked about. It. And essentially there we get, you know, how, like I said, how, how Alpha and Beta met. Right. And we see... Uh, Alpha and Lydia on their own. You know, this is the beginning of the the creation of the whispers, really. And um, Lydia is a child who is scared of the walkers and acts like a child who is scared of the walkers, which puts them in danger. They run mm-hmm. to a, they run to a building, which turns out to have um, somebody already living there—a crazed, masked person. And he's very large. Very large, crazed, masked person. And while he doesn't kill them, he tells them that they are not allowed to leave the hallway. They can stay for one night. They're not allowed to leave the hallway. Yeah, although um, leave the hallway really translates into go past this certain point in the hallway. Because yeah. there's rooms up to the side that they go into without any trouble. Um, and he that's, gives them water. And, you know, he's... he's um, for all the fact that he's like, you're going to leave, you've got a day, he's not actively trying to push them out the door. Right. In fact, he spends a lot of time like talking to them, which I yeah. thought was slightly strange. Um, but it um, it gives you a little bit of sense of how Alpha interacts with someone on a one-to-one basis versus I'm the leader of the group. Right. And, you know, this is just her and Lydia and this this strange man who is a threat, but at the same time, she can see something in him that attracts her. And not necessarily in a sexual sense, mm-hmm. but in a uh, kinship spirit fellow, you know, a person yeah. like me kind of way. Which is always a creep, a bad thing to find uh, mm-hmm. when clearly you're not, you know, when you're a danger to others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's always weird to find the, you know, have the villains like be like, I like you. Yeah. You're going to work. We're going <laughs> to be great together. <laughs> yeah. Which she actually says to him when walkers get into the building and they have to kill a bunch of them together. She mm-hmm. says, 
I like killing with you. Which is always a good sign. Oh, yes. So, oh, and then, of, of course, another fun thing that she says is, okay, so so Lydia finally decides to uh, grow up and that she's not going to, she's going to try not to be afraid anymore and and she's going to, you know, you know, she does this whole thing where like, she goes and covers herself in, in walker guts and and goes and like walks through a room full of them to like prove that she can do it or whatever. Um, and then she tells her mother, um, I'm not going to be afraid anymore. I've given up on being afraid. And Alpha says, good, this way I don't have to leave you behind. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, while that can be considered a manipulation, also, I think that she would have 100% left her behind. Oh yeah, no. I think there's no question. I think that that Alpha is really kind of dealing with two different worldviews here. One, there is that part of her that says, "I love my daughter. I must protect my daughter," and we see that later because she's built this little yeah space mm-hmm. for Lydia off in the woods, away from the regular camp, and and Beta finds her there, and he basically says, you know what are you doing? You know, this is, mm-hmm. you know, she's not dead. You told us she was dead. What are, you know, and, mm-hmm. and Alpha is like, she's my daughter. And so there's a part of her that's still there. Right. Uh, that still loves Lydia and wants to protect Lydia and misses Lydia. At the same time, I 100% believe that she could have made, if, she, if Lydia had been killed, mm. it was actually dead. Alpha would sit there and, you know, reach a point where she's like, yeah, I had a daughter. She died. Mm-hmm. And that would be the extent of it, because I think that she is just broken enough um, beyond her. No, she's, she's, oh, she's definitely broken enough. But I mean, right. she's, you know, she's, she's the kind of broken where the, her ability to feel uh, empathy is really gone. Yeah. I agree. But then um, we find out why Beta can't leave this place, why he doesn't want to go. Yeah. Uh, and I, I was I was a little confused as to like there's someone there's he someone he loved is in there as a walker, right? But I saw like this was a mental hospital, and. Uh, and there's pictures of Beta and this person, or what I, I assume is Beta, uh, on the wall at this place, which makes me think that he was a patient there or a something. Yeah. Um... There's somebody there. There's somebody, there's somebody there. there. That... And I, I kind of got the impression that it was a younger person just because, and, and it, it's a little, it's a little questionable because of course, Beta is a very big person. Right. So smaller people next to him, normal sized people next to him might look smaller. I almost got the impression it was a child. Um, and well, because consider- I think that's the, well, if, um, if I, if I am interpreting this correctly, this is the person whose face 
beta wears. Right. And and that is only basically from the from the bottom of his cheeks up. So if it was right. a child's face, you could see it fitting over that much of his face. It's hard to tell. And it's hard to tell what the relationship was. Yeah. With and him. he never really like there's just somebody there that beta has some sort of connection to and he doesn't want to leave him. But then Alpha kills that walker and allows beta to leave. And this was literally this was my favorite part of the episode. So we know in the present that Beta does not take off his face ever. Um, well, uh, when they meet Beta, he's wearing a stocking cap over his whole face, mm-hmm. a ski mask. And uh, after basically Alpha has uh, uh, become like gained his confidence, she goes over and she removes the cord that is tying the mask in place and peels it up over his face and looks at it. And there's a second, there's a second on her face. that's like, Oh boy. And then she just kind of smiles at him and pulls it back down over his face and says, why don't you come with us? And it was like, that is exactly exactly what i wanted like i didn't know that i wanted that (laughs) but that is exactly what i wanted because now it's like oh no there's something real wrong with beta's face and i just hope we never see it i hope the next time his zombie face comes off it's the back of his head we see and we see daryl just being like yeah no oh my god yeah, no. it doesn't. It doesn't. In a way, it doesn't matter what he looks like. We don't need to see it because the implication is enough. Yeah, and even if it's just not, you know, and it, it's one of those things where you just have to ask yourself, okay, uh, whatever is wrong with it. It's like whatever is wrong with his face is surely not being helped by wearing dead people on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I realized, okay, yes, they're actually tanning the skin and blah, blah, blah. But still, right. it's not sanitary. Um, right. <laughs> and uh, But still, yeah. No, it's, uh, you know, again, while this episode was not, strictly speaking, necessary, there were good little moments. Mm-hmm. And that was one of them. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're, you're right. It was, it was very like, you know, the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> None of us really needed to know this. Did we really need to to spend a lot of time with 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 you know baby alpha? No. no. But no. now that we know know it, am I am I mad that I know it? No. No. I mean it's <laughs> um you know again it's it's good performances. Yeah. And and that helps. And if, for all the fact that this is um Again, not a necessary piece of information we had to have. It's acted well, and it's it is. It, I'd say it's written well. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it's it's. But again, it, yeah, it it really does have a lot of the filler kind of aspect to it. Yeah. Um, but you know, at least it's interesting filler. The the once they have, um, well, once 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 Beta has, of course, discovered this. This I get almost a shrine to Lydia out in the woods, including and course, the bunny that Lydia said she no longer wanted back when she was a child. Right. 
Like, uh, how did Alpha hide that for all those years? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, Alpha has this breakdown about this. I mean, she's basically, you know, this is my daughter and I miss her and, and all these things. And and Beta, there's this moment where he's literally comforting her. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, the dynamic that they have, you know, he's he's not afraid to challenge her. Right. Um, but but he, they're also very intimate friends. Uh, there's a lot of mirroring, a lot of mirroring going on mm-hmm. between Alpha and Beta and and Carol and Daryl. Yeah, and I really, I really got that too in these in this episode. That we're like we've lost. We don't have Rick. We're not going to have Michonne for much longer. Our protagonist during Whisperer War is Carol. She is the one who's going up against, I mean, the symbolism of the last shot tells you everything you need to know about what's going to be happening in the next couple of weeks. Oh. Um, we'll get there in a minute. But, you know, it was, you know, it's the, the, the mirroring of the relationship between Beta and, like, they're very intimate, Beta and Alpha. But it, like you said, it is not a sexual kind of, uh, of, intimate it is you know a very you know subservient uh kind of you know well and the dynamic the dynamic is made a little more interesting because you you get that sense that that he serves her and yet he is able to sit there and look at her and say you know you can't do this Mm -hmm. you know this is you know he, he he you know Critic. I mean, it's a it's a it's a direct criticism to say, yeah. you know, you know, you you told us she was dead. I mean, he's not he's not. There's there's no groveling here when you're that no. tall. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, yeah, I mean, it's, there's a very interesting. There is a very interesting marrying here, and I think that you end up with, especially with the with last episode, where you had this great sort of you know, this, this wonderful moment of the two of them sitting and, you know, just sitting and teasing each other and Daryl making the friendship bracelet and, and, and this kind of really super comfortable uh, expression of, of love between two people. That isn't a sexual thing. It's, it's right. very much, it's a friendship and it's a healthy thing for both of them. You know, it's helped Daryl to be a better person. It helps keep Carol grounded when Carol can go off and just be kill the world. Um, if you you know push her far enough, mm-hmm. um, here are two people that are not healthy, no. but they've been. But oddly enough, they've been good for each other, just not good mm. for anybody else around them. Uh, what an interesting point, Tim. I didn't even think of that. These this this codependent villain relationships probably the best relationship either one of them has ever been in. Probably. Wow. Certainly, considering that you know the um, you know Alpha's relationship with her husband was not particularly healthy, mm-hmm. uh, this is you know it's it and it 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 adds a bit of depth to the character that I think mm-hmm. that is useful um, because sometimes The Walking Dead doesn't get that right with depth of character to the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no, I think, I mean, for, again, for all the fact, this is a filler uh, episode. It's, it was well done. It was indeed. 
And like I said, I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. Several days late. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it ends basically where we where we ended up uh, last episode, which is Alpha and Carol staring at each other over that, yeah. that, that chasm. And, and, yeah. and Alpha down in the valley and Carol up on the mountain or up on the cliff top is like with this light shining on her and just like they're staring daggers at each other and and you know i do i have to reiterate that like i feel like alpha just simply has no idea with whom she is messing (laughs) it would be it would be nice if i could say i think these women have met their match but no no they haven't Carol is going to eat Alpha and her entire family. She just is. Well, not only that, you know, we know that in the comic, Negan turned out to be mm-hmm. a uh, a real problem for the Whispers. Yeah, and um, they're clearly building up towards that here as well. So you have two, you know. I would not say that Carol is someone who enjoys violence. She's really good at it, mm-hmm. but it's not something that she gets pleasure out of, or at least she doesn't want to get pleasure out of it. Negan, on the other hand, um, yeah, he does. He's he's a bit. He, for all the fact that I think that that we really have established that Negan is someone who does not have any problem leaving behind the violence there's no question that he enjoys it and so i think that this is going to be um i actually i just want a scene (laughs) where basically negan and carol have just gone you know carved a swath right through the whispers and negan's got this giant grin on his face and carol just looks at him with like oh god really (laughs) Because you know it's coming. <laughs> yeah. I I can't remember. I remember that he goes and like like he, you know, makes it seem like he's gonna like join the whisperers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And then then like, he gets stabby. Yeah, he messes him up. And he then he goes because he is he he basically uh this was in Alexandria and in the comic, and he's he basically breaks out mm-hmm. and and nobody knows he's gone off there. And then he kills one of them. I can't remember which one he kills. It might be Gamma. Uh, and comes back with their head. Mm. And and basically this is his, you know, um, his basically trying to prove to Rick that he's committed. You know, he's whatever, however they feel about each other, he's going to fight for this place. And that he's, right. you know, he'll, he's, he's the monster they need right now. And I think that, the way that Jeffrey Dean Morgan is playing the character, the way they're writing him. Um, I think it's, I think we're more likely to see, uh, you know, a threat to a certain small young girl wearing a hat. Yeah. Uh, will basically turn Negan into a, you know, or, you know, who knows? He might, they might, they might Wolverine him a little bit and like give him several little female, uh, because uh, he he and Lydia were like having a moment the other day. Well, yeah, and that's that's the shared outcast thing, I think, and and that's certainly a bonding thing that that you know happens in the real world in, as well as in mm-hmm. fiction. Um, but yeah, I I think his his relationship with Judith is going to be, I think, a big part 
of mm-hmm. this. Um, yeah, I, you know, I really like that they've, I mean, I hate that, I hate that Carl died. I really, it's weird to say that. Uh, <laughs> I hate that Carl house, died. Carl. I do. I mean, he was, by the end of, by the end, it was, um, it was, he was, you know, he had come into his own as an actor and mm-hmm. was doing some really good work and it was sad to see him go. And, um, but I really like that we've got Judith now to watch. Well, yeah. And, you know, I mean, on a purely practical level, it, because she's the actress is so young, you can, it buys you more time to let her grow up uh, without having like the incredibly huge growth spurt that Chandler Riggs mm-hmm. had. Right. It's like, wait a minute, aren't you like a foot and a half taller now? <laughs> what happened? It was all that, it was all that pudding. Um, exactly. Um, and what else? Uh, yeah. And, and I know that Robert Kirkman said event, you know, eventually in an interview, like at first, you know, they were the reason they killed off baby Judith in the first place was, you know, Oh, how, you know, hardcore we killed the baby. Let's kill the baby. Yeah, and that he realized, especially seeing seeing that on the TV show, that that had been a mistake. So, well, I mean, in the comic, well, of course, and we've talked about this before. In the comic people die completely differently than they do in the in, yeah. in the show, and the that particular shocking moment in the comic where Judith is killed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, is not she's not the only one, yeah. yeah she's actually she's not the only one to die in that in that moment. Um, is incredibly brutal in a way that the TV show, the comic book, really did lean into lean into the brutality of this world in a way that the TV show simply doesn't. You know, the comic book is more graphic than the TV show. Yeah, the, the difference is, of course, is that it's a still image on a page versus a moving image. And so sometimes that stuff's very effective on on TV, mm-hmm. uh, even though it's different. Right. I've actually started uh, listening to the second Road to Woodbury novel oh, yeah? this week. Um, uh, it's or well, it's Road to the Wo- Road to Woodbury, Rise of the Governor Part Two, mm-hmm. or or something like that, and it's about people, this new these new people that came to Woodbury and are having a moment hmm um i am listening to or actually just finished listening to uh since occasionally our show does turn into a little plug for the audiobooks that we're listening to um there it's a book called gideon the ninth hmm. by tamson muir i believe tamson muir is a british author um and it's basically um Okay, you remember the Chronicles of Riddick with their whole yeah. necromancer thing where basically these people all worship death and they want to go to the Underzone or whatever, right? Right. Um, okay, imagine this was actually well-written. Wow. <laughs> and imagine if you had um, uh, queen bi- young, young queen bitch necromancer um, and her reluctant uh, lesbian super soldier. Mm. who gets stuck in a complex full of other necromancers trying to solve a mystery and basically getting a 10 little Indians pulled on them in the far, far future. Um, and it's funny as hell. 
Oh. So I highly, if you're, if you guys are, if you're interested at all in, in like really warped science fiction with a very, with a great sense of humor. Mm. Uh, and it, yeah, I, I, I laughed a lot listening to this book and it's, it's the characters are just, you know, wonderfully odd. Mm. And, uh, and it's, it's the kind of world where they drop, they drop you right into the world without explaining things. So you just kind of, you pick it up as you go and it's, it's handled extremely well. Unfortunately, it's the first book in a series and the next book isn't out till next year. So I'm like, give me the next book. <laughs> what now? Yeah, I, really, I, I, really, I just really finished great. listening to The Outsider by Stephen King. Uh-huh. And that, of course, Stephen King's very good. And uh, so I don't have to tell you that. Uh, but it was a secret sequel to another series of books that he's done, the Mr. Mercedes Mysteries. Oh, okay. And so, like... This book takes place after all of those books have taken place. So, like, I've got things I know about characters from those books that now I don't, and I have to go back and <laughs> read those books now. Uh, yeah, that's that's how it works. So yeah. that's good. That's good to know. That's a good book. I, I haven't. I it's. I saw it on the. Uh, uh, it actually showed up in one of my recommendations on my Audible mm-hmm. list. So, it's very interesting. It's uh, it's a de- well, it's you know, starts off as a detective novel. It's about a um, a police detective who uh, this young child is killed in his hometown, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's a brutal murder. Uh, but as they start investigating, like it is, you know. Yes, we saw the little league coach. He picked the kid up with his bicycle and left it left in the van. And then we saw the little league coach coming out of the woods, all covered in blood. And then he showed up five different places, all covered in blood. And then we, his fingerprints are all over everything, and his DNA is all over everything. And like, and so it's like the slam dunk of like the little league coach killed this kid. Well, except for the little league coach was 120 miles away at a conference. And was, you know, you've been to places, things, we've we've been places and things, and like, it was, I was with people the entire time, and yes, I mean, literally the entire time, I spent in, you know, I slept in a room with a colleague. Right, And yeah. so, at first, the, the thing is, you know, how did this person, how did this person kill someone to, well, how was he in two places at once to be at this conference and to to kill this child back in his hometown. And then of course right. it becomes spooky. <laughs> that sounds like fun. It was, it was very good. I also just listened to a book called odd jobs Two, mm. And odd jobs is um, at least a two book series at this point by uh, a lady named Heida Goody and a guy named Ian Grant. Uh-huh. And basically it's, what if you had to work for the for the agency that knew that the Lovecraftian gods were coming and in fact were already here and there was nothing you could do about it and your entire job was to make the death of humanity on a massive scale the most as inconvenient as possible mm-hmm. and it's just it's a government it's just a government agency who's chronically underfunded and and basically, you know, no one takes them seriously and they're responsible for making sure that when the time comes, which is mm, pretty soon, um, humanity just doesn't make a fuss. <laughs> 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 and, 
it's really funny. It's it's very much it's a it's a British office comedy essentially, uh, um, with Lovecraftian gods, uh, and um, if you are there being cute, yeah, well, or, or something. Um, if you've ever if you've ever listened to read or listened to any of the Andrew Strauss uh, laundry series, which is basically about a serious version of a British government agency dealing with Lovecraftian nasties. Um, and it's, it's often very funny, but it's a very darkly funny. I mean, it's, it's a, yeah. it's a very serious, uh, uh, series of stories narrated the person, the person who's usually the main character and the voice of the, of the series is someone who's very sarcastic, but it's a very scary situation. So he uses sarcasm to deal with it. Um, this is the comedy version of that essentially. So if you, if you happen to enjoy that series of books, uh, this is the flip side where you sit there and just laugh at the end of the world. Um, it's yeah, it's kind of like the end of the world by Monty Python mm. um, uh, with Cthulhu. So <laughs> not called Cthulhu, no. <laughs> but the guy who does the voice work for it is um, really, really good at strange voices. And so when the monsters talk, uh, his voice, his voice work is really funny. So. Um, definitely fun stuff to listen to. Um, but I'm, it's unfortunate. I, the, I've only found them on audible. So if you're getting your stuff from the library or from some of the other, uh, uh, audiobook services, um, I've only found those particular to the, that the odd jobs books only on audible so far. Anyway, mm. I think they're available in the UK and other, other formats, but, eh. but, uh, definitely fun to listen to. So this has been uh, Tim and Dustin discuss audiobooks. Yeah. <laughs> um, come back next week when uh, I complain about the fact that the stand audiobook is 43 hours long and I only get it for 30 days. So, you know. Yeah. I mean, when I was, when I was driving, when my, my job was basically was driving for seven hours a day, um, I listened to, you know, I'd listen to an audiobook in a day. You know, uh, or or if it was a long book over a couple of two or three days, uh-huh. uh, that's not my job now. So I right. <clears throat> audiobooks are lasting me a lot longer, <laughs> which yeah, is okay. I, I have a I have a thirty minute there and back commute. Yeah, so uh, uh, so it's not like short, but it's not super long, right? All right, well, folks, uh, you've listened to us talk about The Walking Dead and audiobooks. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you have, if you like what we're talking about, or have questions, or comments, or anything like that. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter. Find us on uh, iTunes and Podcast.com, or actually, I think it's uh, Apple Podcasts uh, at this point because iTunes essentially has gone mm, away. Yes, true. Um, but- oh, and and Sonia, Sonia Rodriguez. Yeah. Who is a fan and talks to us on Twitter. Hello, Sonia. Yeah. I'm so glad we're your favorite podcast. <laughs> we hope we're glad we're entertaining. Um, but yeah, we'd love to hear from you, hear more from you guys. Uh, uh, please let us know what you think of the show. Uh, and oh, by the way, uh, give us a rating, leave us a comment. That stuff does actually help people find podcasts on the various platforms. So that would be useful. Um, and we'll, of course, do this again next week. Thank you, Dustin. Thank you, Tim. 
Uh oh, yeah. We're recording this fairly late at night. <laughs> yeah, I made it through the whole thing without la- 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 yawning. I, I, I watched Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with my seven-year-old tonight, and she liked it, but it was scary. And I was like, "Really?" But For a seven-year-old, maybe. Yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. Well, folks, we'll see you next week with more Zompocalypse Now. Bye. Okay. Alrighty, sir. Thank you. All right. Good night. Good night. Have a good good uh, evening. You too. Bye. Bye. All right, folks. Uh, as always, folks. Again, we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week with more Zompocalypse Now. <laughs>